So good morning, everybody. My name is Vanessa. If you have not seen me around, it's because I've been doing a lot of traveling this quarter. And so I am so excited to be here, be home with you guys. Um, so I'm gonna go ahead and begin kind of why the story makes a little bit of sense. Uh, when I was 27, at the time I was living in Las Vegas and um, my uncle had passed away. So I wasn't gonna be able to make it to the services because of work, they, they wouldn't, wouldn't work with me to um, you know, be able to leave during the middle of the week. So I decided, well, I'll just go ahead and drive over to California for the weekend and just be with my family. If there's something they needed me to do, I was gonna be there. Or if, you know, and honestly, sometimes it's just about being, not necessarily doing anything. And the way everything worked out that weekend, I actually just landed up spending the entire weekend with my grandpa. And so this is probably only, I think, the third time in my life where I actually spent the night at his house. And so Saturday morning, I wake up, and if you don't know me, I'm not a morning person, so trust me, I was extremely groggy, but I could hear my grandpa in the kitchen. And so I get up, I take a couple steps out of the room, and all of a sudden I hear, hey! And I just jumped, like if a snake was trying to come towards my ankle, and, and if I wasn't awake, I'm awake right now. And so I look towards him in the kitchen, and um, he's like, don't be walking barefoot, you're gonna get sick. Now, if you're not a part of Latin or Hispanic culture, um, you're not, you don't really know why he's yelling at me. And I will get more into that later, but trust me, it's a thing. So. Uh, so when your grandpa yells at you, you turn around, I go back in the room, I put on socks, I put on my shoes, I tie the laces up nice and tight, and I get up, I go into the kitchen, and I greet him, and I say, good morning, Grandpa, and he's like, good morning, Miha. He goes, you know, you shouldn't be walking around barefoot. You know, you're going to get sick, and he begins to go on. And to be truthful, I don't really remember all the details of what he said to me, because I was thinking, it's not like I was walking on tile. It was carpet, like I should be good. But anyways, we go about the day and uh, hanging out with my grandpa and watching Engelbert Humperdinck live in concert and all this stuff. And I don't think anything about, um, you know, what happened that morning. And then later on, my dad came over to the house after work and the three of us are sitting in the living room chatting, having a good conversation. I step out of the room for just a moment, come back in, sit on the sofa again just to join them in the conversation. And my dad looks at me and he goes, Grandpa told me you were walking barefoot. <laughs> and I, I didn't know what to say. And mind you, I am 27, not seven. And so I just sat there and he's like, you know, it's not good to be walking barefoot. You know, if you do it enough times, you can get arthritis in your knees. And then we proceed to tell the history of all the family members, generations and generations of people who have bad knees. And it's a, a, a cause of walking barefoot or doing this or that, but definitely not covering your feet. And so... Um, and so I sit through this conversation, and, and then, you know what to think about it. Um, I really think my grandpa was testing me, too, because uh, later on, after I'd taken a shower and got ready, um, I was in the living room again with him, and he said, Miha, can you go grab the mail? And I remember standing up and taking a step towards the door, and I just paused, and I said, Grandpa, I will, but let me go dry my hair first. And so... Um, so if you are not a part of Latin or Hispanic culture, there are, so, there are these things that have been passed down from generation to generation to generation. It's embedded in us. And it's about all the different ways you can get sick. Now, the, whatever you do, 
will get you sick and then it can actually lead to something more extensive. So for example, walking barefoot on tile will get you sick, but in my case it led to getting arthritis in the knees. Uh, my friend was telling me in her house of walking barefoot on tile was gonna get you to bronchitis. You know, <laughs> going outside with wet hair uh, will lead to pneumonia. Um, I was telling my friend this and she was like, oh, in my house? My grandma said, you better make sure you wash all the shampoo and conditioner out of your hair. Not because you'll get sick, but because you could die. Um, so, but praise the Lord, there's a miracle drug out there. Um, I don't, anyone here know what that might be that will cure all your ailments? Yes, Vicks Vapor. Who said it first? You did? Did I get it? Yeah. Whoop. Oh, nice catch. It was questionable there for a second. Um, <laughs> yes, Vicks Vapor Rub, or sometimes we call it V Vaporub. And so it, um, it will not only make you healthy, but it can cure a broken heart and sometimes fix a broken door handle. You know, so, you know, we're so thankful for that. You know, um, but what I'm going to say next, I'm actually, I'm actually very hesitant to say this. Probably because I know my family's going to be watching. <laughs> but <laughs> my name is Vanessa, and most days of the week, I leave my house with wet hair. <gasps> <laughs> and guess what? I'm not sick. <laughs> I haven't gotten sick. But I think we've all experienced that where we've had family members, elders, um, people just tell us things and they've embedded it so much. And then we experience something where we don't actually have to, we don't fall to all the consequences. You know, maybe not at all or something, you know, very minor, not even to the extreme that they were talking about. And so all of a sudden, kind of where all of our beliefs were held up, you know, in this, you know, firm foundation, all of a sudden, this window just starts to crack just a little bit. And this new breath uh, blows in and just thinking like, well, maybe what, if they were wrong about this, they could also be wrong about that. Maybe it's not really that big of a deal. And then we start to believe, maybe I need to make mistakes so that way I can learn. Or you know what, I know better than they did. What they were telling me, that was with their generation. That was something specific to them. That doesn't mean that it's gonna to apply to me. And ladies and gentlemen, that's when we learn how to play with fire. Sometimes you get burnt, sometimes you don't. You know, I think in this series, in today's message, we're gonna be talking about mentors, advisors, coaches, whatever you wanna call them. And I think we have two responsibilities. The first one is, we must subject ourselves to counsel. And the second is, we must not let our life experiences happen in vain. And I think sometimes when we do go through something difficult, we try to act like it didn't happen. Push it to the side, but it's still visible. But we just try to hide it, minimize it. But there's definitely something to be learned from that. You know, the Bible tells us when we go through a difficult situation and get through it, you know, then we're gonna see other people kind of enter somewhat similar situations. We are responsible to walk alongside them and help them through that struggle because we've been there. When I was about 14, I remember my pastor at the time, he was saying, 
you know, do it with your daily reading, read a chapter of Proverbs every day. And for the most part, it works out because there's 31 chapters and, and it's the book of wisdom. And so he's like, if we need anything, we need wisdom. And so as I begin to read this a book, it, it's just so colorful. I mean, have, ever, have any of you ever read it? Yeah. Good, okay. So, but there's just some things in there, like a fool returns to his folly like a dog returns to his vomit. Mm. <laughs> Isn't that a picture? But I mean, we've all seen that. We've all seen someone just kind of go back into this cycle. Um, another thing I remember from there is you can flip a coin, but the Lord will decide the outcome. I remember young, being younger, taking that a little bit more literal. And usually, um, it was more so when I was trying to question, should I do this or not? And more than likely, in the back of my head, knew I shouldn't be. But there I go, flip the coin. And for the most part, it kept me out of trouble. Um, another verse that I recall is Proverbs 7:27, And it says, if you want to know the way to hell, follow her. Now in there, it is actually uh, speaking about men and staying away from prostitution, but it did help me some because I remember in my high school yearbook, I had a friend write in there like, hey, have a great summer. You should come hang out with me. We can go party, drinking, and all these other fun things I probably shouldn't be doing at 15 years old. And so under there, I wrote 727. So just in case, just in case I thought about entertaining that idea, just to remind myself it's probably not. You know, but in Psalms, chapter 1, verses 1 through 2, it says, Happy are those who reject the advice of evil people, who do not follow the examples of sinners, or join those who have no use for God. Instead, they find joy in obeying the law of the Lord, and they study it day and night. You know, the Bible is a fantastic source of wisdom. But there's one problem with the Bible. It's us. We are the problem with the Bible because what the thing is, we have the answers in front of us. We see examples of the good, bad, and the ugly things in life and how to do or how not to do these things. But yet, sometimes we just get so stuck in our head and we can't see past anything. Or other times, we know the answer is facing us and we just don't like it. So we keep trying to go at it and at it and at it till we can get an answer that we do want. You know, but the Lord says, you can talk until you're right, but is the Lord convinced? Um, in the, in uh, King David, he actually, there's a story about him. And he got really upset with one of his advisors. And the reason being is because he made a decision. And the only reason this man did not die was because David knew it was the right decision. But it was a decision he couldn't make because he couldn't get past his emotions. And that is an, that's an example of why God places people in our lives when we can't see past what we're looking at and we can't see this broader picture. Because if that decision wasn't made, it would have led to David's demise and death. You know, Proverbs 15:22 tells us, refuse good advice and watch your plans fail. Take good counsel and watch them succeed. It is important to surround ourselves with people who can give good advice. But if Jesus Christ is your Lord and Savior, it is even more important to surround yourself with people who are godly, who live a godly life, who when you go to them will point you back to the Father. You know, because there are a lot of things in this world that seem right, 
but they're not of God. So I think we've kind of established already the importance of having godly counsel. But what I want to focus on is how to actually prepare ourselves to be able to receive those advice. In corporate America, we call it being coachable. You know, are you coachable? You know, can you take advice? And most of the time we're like, yeah, we're coachable. And, and honestly, we're probably more astute to be coachable because one, we want to keep our job and, you know, do things more efficiently. Or sometimes we'll do what our coach said just to show them that, hey, your idea really doesn't work. Um, but <laughs> whatever it is, you're more apt to be willing to hear those things and practice them. But when someone has an opinion on our life or a suggestion, it's a whole new ball game. So step one, simple, simple, simple. Get over yourself. You are not gonna know everything. And you're not gonna be right 100% of the time. So every moment that you have breath, it is an opportunity for you to be able to learn something. And, and you're not supposed to know everything. That is why God has surrounded us with people who have experience and different things like that, so we can reach out to them. The second one is seek and you will find. So for example, if you wanna be a successful writer, it is important for you to find someone who has good writing skills, someone who maybe has written a book or someone has maybe written something that is published on Amazon, something, someone who can actually give you advice on the skills that you're trying to open up and explore. It wouldn't make sense if you wanna be a successful writer to go find a magician you know, and so, but the thing is, I think a lot of times we do that. We go and we find someone who's not really an expert on our topic, and then we land up just being as successful as they are in the matter. Or worse off, we just get stuck and we do nothing, and then nothing becomes of it. The third thing is know God's voice. I can't express how important it is to know God's voice, to know his word, to be in his presence, to be around his people. Because when you are receiving advice or counsel, you will be able to see if that's in line with God's word. You may not know the exact chapter or verse, but the spirit will bring things to memory as long as you've placed them there. You know, there are a lot, like I said earlier, there are a lot of things that sound good. Um, a common phrase is, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin. And it sounds like a good idea to practice, right? But one, Jesus didn't say that. Number two, I'm very surprised for a culture who really believes that, like, if you love me, you think everything I do is right, so don't label me as a sinner or challenge the things that I'm doing. But what Jesus said, when we go back and look, he said, love your neighbor as yourself. He just simply said, love people. And it's very important that we know and are able to distinguish those things. And so when you are looking for someone, look for someone who will always point you back to God. And if you're a mentor or a coach, remember, point people back to God. Everything that you should be saying should be based on his word and his values. The fourth one is take action. They say, they say, they say, they say that knowledge is power. That's a complete lie. Applied knowledge is very powerful, but just gaining knowledge for the sake of knowledge is pointless. It's a waste of your time 
And it's a waste of the time of the people who tried to pour into you. And honestly, like, I think sometimes we go to people and we may come under a cloak of, yes, we want to receive counsel, we need help, we want to change things, but really we just want them to get us out of our situation, the one that we're in the moment. But we don't really want to take things and learn and, uh, and try to figure out how to get out of the cycle that we're in. So it is very important when you are in a situation and you're going to seek someone that you are aware of what the difference is because then you know what question to ask. So you're, not only, so you're no longer fooling yourself and you're no longer fooling the people that you're reaching out to. Honestly, I actually just kind of want to take a moment on this because I think sometimes we don't realize what our actions do to other people. And so if you've been a mentor, or coach, or advisor, you've probably been deceived a time or two. You know, I know I've dealt with people where, honestly, they just came and they just unloaded. They dumped all their stuff, all their burdens, took it off of their shoulders, and put it onto my plate. And so if you are a mentor or advisor or love people, you just want to help. So you think, well, I could be doing this, and you do things and adjust and try to, I mean, even do events and make sure you're doing different things, but... The actions of the people will show 100% of the time that there's no desire to change. They're like, well, nothing's really wrong. Really, when we were there three hours ago, you were telling me about whatever it was, you were just saying, I wish things were different, I wish things were different, but you really don't. And then the other one that I mentioned, wanting to just get out of your situation For me, I've known when that's happened, when I've realized that there was, they just wanted a momentary fix. At the end of it, when you see the results of those things, you end up feeling tired, worn out, discouraged, disappointed. I mean, I know I've gone and thrown events because people were saying that they wanted certain things and no one showed up. And just going home feeling heartbroken and just weeping like, I don't even know why I do this. So again, I would encourage you to be clear with what your real intent is. I mean, and I would just say for you mentors, teachers, coaches out there, if you've experienced any of that, we also have to take responsibilities ourselves. Because if we're feeling tired and worn out and just disappointed and thinking, what could I have done better? What could I have changed? We have to recognize did we think that we were the one who could actually change situations in their life? Did we think that the responses of their life outcomes depended on us? Because the reality is, we're not God. We can't change hearts and lives. Only He can. Amen. This weight of the world is not on us. It's on Him, and He's got it covered. The other thing I just want to say, again, for you mentors out there, if someone is trying to practice in the little bit, in, the least, in, in some type of form, be patient with them. Because they may not be able to execute things at 100%. And that's okay, because you had to learn something to get to where you are as well. I mean, I was talking to my friend, and she was telling me a story about when they were potty training her niece. The book said, celebrate every good action, every um, good step towards uh, being potty trained. And so... One afternoon, they were all together, and then the niece goes up. She goes, I got to go potty. 
And so they're like, all right, good, good, go to the bathroom. So she goes to the bathroom, she comes out, and she's like, I did it. <laughs> and the family reluctantly cheered because she was soaking wet up front. She had forgot to take down her pants. But you know what? She understood some really good key concepts, but she just didn't know how to fully execute it at 100%. So again, just be patient and work with people and celebrate those things when they take good steps. So back to our steps again about how to receive counsel. I think this is just kind of a warning for you guys. Um, we have to learn to understand that not everybody is for every season. You know, sometimes we'll have an encounter with someone and we feel like they've impacted us so much and, and we're grateful and we see li our life change and we just feel like we've been positioned in, in the right direction. And then when something comes around again, we feel like, okay, I need to reach out back to this person and, and just keep reaching out. But sometimes we hold on to people longer than they're intended to be. And so not saying you can't be Facebook friends, but understand that sometimes those roles change and they're just there for that moment or for that season. And there will be people that you have with you for your entire life. So it's just kind of understanding the difference between those two things. You know, and I think the, the problem is, is just that we start to become dependent upon a person. We start to become dependent on a person to have the answers for us and we no longer seek God. And so I think to challenge us on that, God has put a flaw in every mentor, teacher, advisor, coach out there. He made us human. So we're not always gonna get it at 100%. We are gonna make mistakes. I remember there was this one time when I really felt God calling me to do something and, and it just, the voice got stronger and stronger, but I was really terrified about doing this. So I reached out to someone and I said, you know, I feel like God's calling me to do this and I'm just getting flustered and all this other stuff. I'm really scared. And so they calmed my nerves down, you know, again, just reassured me. And if God's really calling you to do this, then you have to do something. And about a couple of weeks later came the point where I had to take action. And so I was talking to this person and I said, all right, this is the time I'm gonna go and have my conversation with so-and-so tomorrow and let them know whatever I needed to tell them. And the person said, don't do it. Don't do it. And I remember being shocked because just like a couple of weeks ago, you were like, do what God called you to do. But because I knew God's voice, I was able to recognize that they were talking out of fear. So I went and did what I believe God was calling me to do. And I'm so grateful I did because if I didn't, I would have missed out on something great. You know, the other thing is, again, when we try to hold on to people, or sometimes we're going through things and we want people to be a part of that specific journey with us. And they're not, whether they don't want to be or sometimes they're just not equipped to be. And we begin to mourn them and think like, why aren't they here with me? Why aren't they doing this? And that becomes the majority of our conversation. You know, why not this, why not this, while we're trying to struggle through these other things. But we actually miss out on the people who are right there walking alongside you and encouraging you through every step. So again, don't hold on to anyone specifically. Lean on to God and trust and see who he set around you. You know, the truth is we live in a harsh world and the reality is intense. And to be truthful, there's a lot of heartache for the taking. I mean, we can't avoid it. But I do think 
there's some heartache that we don't have to volunteer for. And we see sometimes generation after generation volunteering for the same type of ruin. And I'd just like to encourage you, be a generation of game changers. Be the ones to seek freedom from this bondage or these habits or these cycles that are going on in your life, in your family. Because not only will you make a difference for yourself, but you're gonna make a difference for the generations after you, your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren, or even friends. And then the people that they impact, those choices will change for them because they were able to see your example, because you were able to share, because you were able to take counsel. You know, I think, what if we were able to learn from our experiences? How different would our life be? You know, how could we impact others? You know, I, I saw someone else deal with something, and I remember talking to my friend this last week, and she was starting to explain a situation to me, and I'm like, you know what? I saw so-and-so dealt with this, and, and they did this and that, and oh, watch out, because so-and-so will probably say this or that. Um, even though the details were different, the summary was still the same. These things just kind of repeat themselves. So being able just to be observant and, and also receive counsel about how people experience things, how they survive these things, will benefit us so much. I mean, the other thing I think we need to understand, and uh, sometimes we really get this confused, correction is not rejection. I'm going to say it again. Correction is not rejection. And I think, you know, some of the, the fear in us is to, that we'll be rejected if we go and reach out to someone. But just because they don't agree with us doesn't mean that they've rejected us. In fact, it's almost them loving us even more because they're able to, to be brave enough to tell you, hey, this is, you're not seeing things right. Because honestly, I think we do live in a culture of cowards that we won't stand up and say things that are right. You know, I, again, we just need to understand that we're not always going to get it right and figure out how to humbly move forward when we do make mistakes. If we were able to do things, do these things, what kind of life would we be living? Well, I'll tell you what, we wouldn't be lone rangers out there in the desert you know, battling all on our own and have these battle scars and just coming back like, <gasps> I made it, I did it my way. <laughs> you know, because those actions, those experiences will have long-term effects on us. I know when I've battled things on my own, I see those effects all my life because I see the way that I respond to people. I see it in the way that I trust people, if I trust them. I see it in my ability to be vulnerable. And the thing is, just because an event ends doesn't mean those things go away. They keep repeating themselves until you deal with them. If I could get the worship team to come back up here. Um, you know, we talked about these five steps. And I'm sure there's all been one that you may have struggled with. And when we are there up here playing this song, you know, I want you to be able just to surrender yourself, surrender the struggle, and, um, and just really be vulnerable with God. And while some of you are doing that, I really do believe that some of us need to repent. 
And I know that's not a word we use often, but I really think it's important for us just to take this time to example, because you think, why would I need to repent? But maybe you need to repent because you let pride get in the way and you rejected the people that God sent around you. Maybe you need to repent because God has placed a gift in you and you have not explored to open it up to its full potential. Maybe you need to repent because you have not taken the time to learn God's voice. You haven't been in his word, you haven't been in his presence, you haven't been around his people. Maybe because you know you've been guilty of deceiving someone a time or two. Or maybe you've just placed your faith in another person instead of him. So I think we've all been guilty of these things at one time or another, but let's trust God. Let's trust him to heal us. Let us open ourselves up to him and let us let him lead us to a better way of life. Because it can be, guys.